If you know me and Lexi, you know that we are both quite the bookworms, and we've got something exciting to share with you all today. Have you ever found yourself overwhelmed by the endless options at the bookstore, unsure of what to pick up next? Well, we've discovered a game changer, Book of the Month. This isn't your run-of-the-mill book subscription. It's like having a book-loving friend handpick your next literary adventure each month. Trust me, their selections are always spot on. And this month, I can't wait to dive into Real Americans by Rachel Kong. What makes Book of the Month stand out? It's the simplicity. No more decision fatigue at the bookstore, just a curated selection of top-notch reads waiting to sweep you away. Lexi and I had a blast picking from a variety of genres, from pulse-pounding mysteries to heartwarming romances. But what truly won us over is their dedication to quality and fun. With just a handful of selections each month, they prioritize the joy of reading over endless options. Every book is a gem waiting to be discovered. So fellow book lovers, it's time to level up your reading game. Head over to bookofthemonth.com and use the code PEDALS to snag your first book for just $5. Trust us, your bookshelf will thank you. Let's talk about something that affects all of us ladies. Hormones. Because let's face it, when your hormones are out of whack, life can feel like a roller coaster. Well, say hello to Hormone Harmony, the ultimate solution for women of all ages seeking balance, crafted by Happy Mammoth. But what sets Hormone Harmony apart? Well, it's not just another supplement. Happy Mammoth, the company behind Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. Plus, Hormone Harmony contains science-backed adaptogens that help your body adapt to hormonal changes, ensuring you feel like yourself again. Hormone Harmony is an all-in-one hormonal balancing solution designed for women of all ages. So whether you're in your 20s dealing with PMS or in your 40s and beyond facing menopause, Hormone Harmony has got you covered. For a limited time, you can take 15% off your first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BLACKGIRLFLOW at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code BLACKGIRLFLOW for 15% off your order today. Welcome to the Black Girl Flow Podcast, a space dedicated to creating conversation that pushes us to be in alignment and at peace with ourselves and the world around us. We are about cultivating joy, growth, and success in our life, love, and identity. So join us as we find our flow. We are your hosts, Liv and Lex, two 20-something-year-old Black girls working every day to be in flow. And we want you along this journey with us. Hey y'all, it's your girl Liv, quickly popping in to let you guys know that we need your help. Our 100th episode is coming up and we want to hear from you. Submit any questions on dating, podcast things, adulting, and we will answer them here on the podcast. Just go to our Instagram link in bio and submit a message. We can't wait to hear from you. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Black Girl Flow podcast. Y'all know we just have so much love for you, so I hope you can feel that love and have just been embracing all the rest that's necessary in this winter season. Yes, y'all, we are still in winter. It is still Capricorn season. The year has only begun, so I hope y'all are leaning into all things hibernation, Mm. taking care of yourselves. Mm. Even a lot of us got the sniffles. I don't got the sniffles, but I'm staying away from the people who got the sniffles, Mm. so... 
protect yourself. Yeah. Get all of the vitamin C you can. I've been one of those people that have had the sniffles. So we are. Yes. I eat me. That friend that's always going through it somehow with health. But yeah, just taking it slow, taking it easy. What's your pulse check looking like? We're almost in Aquarius season. Capricorn season has been treating me well. I can't even hold you. Like, I wish it could be Capricorn (laughs) season year round, but it's almost Aquarius season. That's the most Capricorn uh, thing you could say. Be like, mm. I don't know. Like, it's just not giving you life. Like, shouldn't we just do this all year (laughs) round? It's like, hmm, interesting. While other people in Mercury retrograde are fighting for their life. (laughs) I know. Mercury retrograde ended recently. I hope that you guys made it out alive without texting your ex. We saw it take a couple people down. Yeah. Yeah. Like it usually does like um down bad down bad but now i think just chugging along it's really been such a ease into this year which i'm really grateful for yeah so it's just kind of starting to think what does the rest of the year hold and i genuinely think and i don't know if other people can attest there's definitely people have the mad travel bug but for new experiences, like not going mm. back to the same old places, but like yeah. trying something new, getting different groups of people together. So I'm very much looking forward to having lots of those experiences this year. But otherwise, just pretty chilling. I'm just chilling. Always just chilling. I'm an Aquarius. Just chilling. <laughs> new year. Can you give me. Can you give the people an Airbnb update, a homeowner update? Like, how has it been? Yeah. Yeah. We're almost hitting a year. Actually, I know um, that'll be up in March. So we'll definitely give you all like a big update when that happens. But it's been really great. Just learning a lot. I this will be I feel like it's significant because this will be the first like tax season to do the business oh, through. Yeah. And y'all, when I tell you, I continue to be shocked at how if you know, you know, and if you do not know, you do not know is the name of the game. And having a business on the side and taking your hobby into kind of your business it can be a big learning curve and I'm always learning about like new strategies, things to expense, things to not expense, deduct, like all of that. So if you're a small business owner, Liv knows the struggle, <laughs> the, that entrepreneurial lifestyle. Like I have so much respect because it takes a whole nother side of the brain to make it all happen. But I've been really grateful for how the experience has gone. So looking forward to future endeavors and then also i feel like we've been talking a lot about like hosting people in this Mm -hmm. space too so like now that we've almost been roommates for about a year now i know yes y'all i know rumors are true the rumors are true (laughs) and it's like now we're finally like oh like it'd be cool to host people in this space and like have more black women just giving us all the good vibes so we gotta share share the goodness that we have built but I think that's like any type of partnership. Of Once you get your groove, you want to bring more people along with that. And yeah. I, I truly believe in that model like forever. Like convince yeah. me not that if you bring everybody with you, like you go farther and you're more successful. So I think that'll be another aspect. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. One of, one of the things I guess I could attest to from my pulse check is just just that there's been a lot of newness in my life. Like I recently got a new job. I've been meeting up with new people um, that I've just kind of come across and been like, yo, like we should grab coffee and experiencing new events, which has been super like 
recharging. Like, I don't know, just it's been filling she my been cup. Outside, y'all. She I been have not outside. been outside. <laughs> I've I've just been I've just been like, you know, when there comes a point when you have moved to a new city and you are searching for community and you're like, ah, oh, you might you might be like, let's say in a predominantly like white city. And you're like, oh, there are no black people. But then it's like, have you actually taken the chance to like look for where the black people might be? Like, have you exhausted all of your resources? And I came to a point where living in Durham, I was like, well, where are like the black creative people? Like, where are the artists and you know, the, the events with art. And I was like, there aren't any. And then I was like, wait, I haven't even tried. I just went to the museum for the first time, like over the weekend. So I am experiencing a lot of newness and I'm really excited. It just feels like, you know, you just get inspired by other people and experiencing things that you've never tried. Lexi has this joke that like, she's like, I just love experiencing things with you for the first time because it feels like you've never tried anything. Cause y'all don't understand. <laughs> y'all really don't understand this girl. Sometimes it'll be like the most casual situation. And then she'll hit us with the, this was my first time trying this. <laughs> and it's something as simple as like an egg bacon cheese bagel. <laughs> you're yeah. like, ha 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 ha. And she's like, no, for real. I've never <laughs> had this before. And you're like in your 20, 20 something years of age, you gotta be kidding. It's so fun though. Cause yeah. you rarely get to experience something new with somebody for the first time. So it's <laughs> so just, many times, so like every other week. <laughs> So I'm going to have to keep a running list because people yeah. don't know. I had my first chocolate croissant the other day, but Lexi was <laughs> Lexi was a part of that process and it that was, was really nice. But yeah, like um, you got I, to see a really cool like film. Cream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that that actually lends itself perfectly into today's episode, because when I was in Raleigh, I went to this uh, event space gallery called Art Space and they were showing this short film called Shut Up and Paint. Um, and it kind of encompassed this artist. His name is Titus Kafar, and he creates these really profound images um, and paintings of black artists um, or black people through the lens of like mass incarceration, um, you know, systemic institutionalized racism, and um, also kind of uncovers like the whitewashing of a lot of black history as well. But in the film, he really just grapples with this idea of success mm -hmm. because he's now like this kind of like global renowned artist who who has a lot of paintings in white homes. And the further he reaches on the success totem pole, he becomes further away from his people and his people also have less access to the same privileges mm -hmm. that he has. And we were talking about this the other day about this idea of survivor's remorse when it comes to being successful and not almost kind of resisting success because you still want to be with your people and and somehow bring your people along the journey with you. But you're not always able to do that. And that was like a big theme throughout the, the film. It's called Shut Up and Paint. I would highly recommend watching it. It's free on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I thought that it would be really cool to center this conversation around success and success in our 20s. How can we figure out ways to reframe it and yeah. also provide access to the people uh, within our community? 
and I think that is really important, especially since a lot of the conversations we've been talking about is intentional lifestyle changes to help us achieve our goals and like sustain our goals. And when we think about that, I don't think a lot of us spend time visualizing the way our life would look different if we continue and are successful and sustain these goals. And that is also a part of the growing journey of saying, wow, like there might be people who don't come along with me for that part of my life, or there might be boundaries I have to set with certain people in order to get there. And this idea of what happens when we make it, honestly, folks, sometimes that can spark up a lot of insecurity of us being like, whoa, whoa, that's so different. That's so new. There's so much uncertainty about that. Maybe I don't want that success. Yeah. And so we have to be really clear on what is the experience and how can we start to push ourselves for preventative measures now so that when we get to those cruxes of uncertainty and success that we don't just default back to what's comfortable. And I can say that personally because I don't know if anybody's into the Enneagram. It's essentially another personality assessment of the many, many. Um, But I'm in Enneagram 9, which is considered or characterized as a peacemaker. So harmony is really important. And that makes so much sense in my life, y'all. Like, I love a good equilibrium. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't push against the highs and lows of life, but I love having my peace. I love when things are flowing in harmony. And oftentimes I've had to work through a lot of anxiety in my life around procrastination because my default sometimes is that comfort. Like my Mm. comfort is sometimes too synonymous with peace. And it's like, no, 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 that can't necessarily be true. So the idea of being super successful in some aspects of my life is like, whoa, there's so much uncertainty and so much discomfort in that, that I might be too comfortable and not push myself. And it's funny because people will characterize a nine as like a sloth, like moving very slow and like mm. don't like to make decisions. And it's so true. So I have to often go back and ask myself, like, am I stalling this decision or am I stalling this this opportunity that would put me in a growth place because of fear of my success? Yeah. And really having to interrogate that. And sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not. And But I, I have to have that kind of check checkpoint. Yeah. for myself to make sure that the decisions I am making are still in align with all of these other goals that I've set for myself. Yeah. So I see that showing up in my life all the time. Yeah. And uh, I guess kind of on the opposite, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum being like an Enneagram three where strong that four. is stands for <laughs> like the achiever. Mm-hmm. And in my life, I, I set these very high standards for myself to the point where I'm always searching for a way to be productive and I feel guilt when I'm not able to be productive. Mm, yeah. And I think what's really beautiful about our generation is that we've kind of uh, created more conversation around rest and like what that looks like. Yeah. But when you have, when you've achieved stuff, even like, let's say easily, you're like, you, it's almost like, oh, well, I know I can do it. I'm not going to push myself to do it mm. even better. Or like, I'm not mm. like, it, it's like this, this, that overestimation of your capacity, like mm-hmm. capabilities, like, oh, I don't need to do. I know I can be successful. It's like you should still do it. Yeah. It's like it's like being consistent in the gym for a week and being like, oh, well, like, yeah, <laughs> I'm fit. <laughs> yeah, I'm fit. Like I could do this, but I guess I just don't want to be like too good at art. It's it's a weird place to be in. And then also having worked so hard and then burnt out. There is this 
resistance when I feel like, oh, excited about a new idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to push myself so far away that I end up in the same place when I was burnt out, feeling mm-hmm. so depleted and mm-hmm. feeling so like just hollow. Mm-hmm. And so I struggle with wanting to be successful and going full force. And then I feel like right now I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, how can I create these wellness rituals to keep me grounded mm. so that it doesn't feel so high or so low mm. um, when I'm trying to reach for my goals? Yeah. And I think the common thread, because even though we might be on two different sides of the spectrum yeah. of how we're interacting with those aspects of our life, it really is that like that deep unsettling anxiety and uncertainty can show up in then how you yeah. do these wellness routines, how you interact with the work that you're doing. And we have to be so conscious because we don't have the, we don't have the tools to erase that from our life. That's truly an aspect right. of the black experience. In my opinion of, we feel like we have, we will, lo- it's, it's antithetical to the abundance mindset. Cause we think that we're going to lose something by our success mm-hmm. and that we're going to have to go it alone and do all of these things. And y'all, I will be damned. <laughs> If I don't get to take all my favorite people with me. Yeah. Like, what's the point? I heard so much rhetoric and narratives where like it's lonely at the top. Like there's, you know, you'll peak at your success and then you'll be, your experience will be so different than the people around you. Like you're, they can't all come with you, all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, because you see some family, some celebrities where it's like they employed the whole family. They yeah. created the production around the family. Like, around those people. And I'm like, I'm taking all my folks with me. But if I don't go back all these moments and check in the small decisions I'm making, that might be my larger goal. But in my subconscious fear and anxiety, I'm not even doing the things that will actually get me to that end result. Yeah. And And that's scary. Yeah. It's it. I think you're right. Like it is such a particular experience that like marginalized communities, especially black people have to come to terms with. And I feel like as people, as creators, like we have to figure out ways within our work to still bring like access to the life that we're living and to the experiences that we're having, to the knowledge that we're, you know, that we have paid for. (laughs) Like we, like we have to figure out ways within our structure because similar to what you said last episode where, you know, we shouldn't be trying to hit these standards or these marks that white people, white institutions have created for us. Like we have to create our own structures to still bring our community with us. Yeah. It's so true. And I really think that there's more examples around us too that can help us assess where our values are and maybe where we're at on that journey of interacting with our anxieties or our values of, do I feel like I lose everything in my success? Am I scared of my own success? And I think a really interesting one that directly impacts black women was the Miel hair. And I really love this uh, creator and entrepreneur, um, Morgan DeBond, who created Blavity, and I saw her go and talk about the situation. She was like, y'all, 
I know it hurts and it seems like there's a sellout, but like on the back end of that, like this family, that might've been their success story, right? Like, and we can't take away that black success. Like we can ask critical questions of like, what's the commitment to giving back? And apparently they're like committing millions of dollars to give back to. Let's, let's rewind. Cause some people probably don't even know the oh, situation. The back- yeah. The, the, the background. Know, right. If you don't know. You need to know. Yeah. Um, as many of y'all know, the Miel hair brand is, you know, black, black women, uh, black owned business focused on the curly hairs, um, even did sponsorships with like Megan the stallion, all the stuff. They particularly have one product that's always been popular, which is their rosemary hair growth um, oil. And a white creator, um, Alex Earl, is like posted it saying that it was a product that she really enjoyed and was seeing results in. And cue what we know happens. Yeah. <laughs> Sold, Sold out. out. Black people don't have access to it anymore. It went up in price. Marked up in price. And that along with a lot of other factors led to the very recent announcement that Miel got bought out as a subsidiary to P&G, which has bought out a lot of other really notorious black owned hair brands. And then a lot of people have a, a history of like changing the formula, them not being the same as beforehand. So everybody's really concerned, but apparently they are just like a part of the umbrella. They still own the like operations and stuff like that. But it opened up this conversation of like scrutiny to like, are these products for those people? Is this a sellout situation? And also just the fresh general frustration of mm-hmm. black women have a fourth of an aisle in the very, very back while most white consumers have like four aisles for their various hair textures. So like y'all come on. Yeah. But I do think that this is one of those examples that I'm not trying to put my own personal opinion on, but it is a way that you can start to ask yourself like, Oh, what about the situation? Do I feel frustrated by, do I see their perspective, not their perspective? Because for that conglomerate, that might have been their success story. Right. That might have given them the financial liberty to now take up on so many other endeavors that could impact black people. Like those are the types of situations that when you're prompted with a reaction might actually help you better understand your own experience before just ascribing kind of a general judgment on it. I'm just kind of trying to give people examples of how the ways we can interact with our the world around us might actually illuminate some insights for ourselves without just having to think in my head about my future life. That can be hard sometimes to say, well, when I reach all this success, who's going to be there with me? It's like, well, you don't know all the time, right. but you can always default back to that value system. Right. And I think, I think that value piece is so important because I, again, in the film, shut up and paint Titus, It's like you see his painting get sold for a million dollars and it's like, well, wouldn't you want that? Like, isn't isn't that every artist's dream? But then he's still just like frustrated and and it's like, okay, well, then that is your awakening as an artist to really determine like, okay, to what lengths am I going to create access to my paintings so that black and brown people like we all have to look at it as within our own moral, I guess, compass and our own value system. Um, I guess but within my own life, one thing that I'm really trying to do within my uh, ether, of creativity. ether of creativity is figure out ways to trust myself. Mm. Because I think that's, again, it's tied back to this, to this fear of success because I do it for one week and I'm like, I can do it. But like, mm, have I actually 
done something consistently within, you know, like a year's time, like six months time that I can be like, nah, like I trust myself to show up. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where I'm at in my journey. And I hope that like other people may be at or like are inching towards that is that piece of trusting yourself um, to be successful. Period. Period. Point blank. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) I really hope y'all can start to ask yourselves those same questions of what does that success look like? What are my values around that success? What do I want to ensure that when I reach that success is still there to show that consistency and sustainability? And also just maybe even starting to think about aspects of um, things happening in the world through that lens too. Mm -hmm. And maybe what you might discover I'm really excited because I'm wishing that success on all the girlies. Yeah. All the girlies. Every single one of y'all. Because we going to tell that story. Yeah. Okay? Okay? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's all we have. And we'll catch y'all next week. Peace, love, blessings. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye all right. That wraps up our episode this week. We'd really appreciate if y'all could rate us on Apple and Spotify as it really helps grow our BGF tribe and support our podcast. As always, the conversation continues on Instagram and TikTok. So connect with us there if you want to join in on all the key keys. With that said, we will see y'all next time. Rest well, folks.